0: Welcome to the Hospitality Maverick Podcast with me, Michael Tingsa. We at Hospitality Mavericks are here to inspire leaders to create heart-centered and profitable businesses from the inside out, the kind that both employees and customers love and support. In this episode, I do not just have an amazing guest, but a true maverick, she dares to be different. She is an HR rule breaker, a creative HR coach, employer brand expert, and a very good friend of mine and hospitality mavericks. Nicole Antonio Gadsden is the founder of Banana Pepper HR and she works with luxury hotels and estates in the Caribbean building outstanding employee experiences, which in return boosts the customer experience and, in the long term, very good for the shareholders. She has proven this approach many times with amazing brands as Virgin Limited Edition, Rosewood and many more. Nicole is also the key reason why Hospitality Mavericks exists. she some years ago inspired me to co-write the manifesto for Hospitality Mavericks together with her. This manifesto can be found in our first blog on the website and we will revisit this block in this conversation and we will also discuss if the prediction we had in that block some years ago actually happened and evolved in hospitality. We also talk about how she has experienced the pandemic and what kind of leadership approach that is needed right now to make your employees feel safe. She gives her view on how the future looks for hospitality the next 12 to 18 months and some stellar advice for you to use to move forward. But before we tune in, why not sign up to our Maverick community newsletter and get great insights and leadership tools at hospitalitymavericks.com. And if you would like a chat with me, please book a slot on hospitalitymavericks.com. I love to talk with people that also want to build a better future for people, community, and the planet. And also, feel free to join the new Facebook group, Game Changer, where you will find a uh, leader who is at the forefront of what's going on in the hospitality industry. Don't worry, if you did not get all this, there's links in the show notes. So grab headphones, coffee, notebook, and enjoy Nicole and her progressive thinking when it comes to build happy and resilient teams. welcome to the hospitality maverick podcast and uh by accident i've actually every time i've listened back talked about where we are right now and and we've been in this uh, time in the pandemic where we talked about you know survival shitstorm trying to thrive and, and now we it feels like we've gone into a new phase and we are now here in early october i'm very grateful today because we're going to have a conversation with somebody I'm trying to entice to come on the podcast for for a while but uh she's she's been busy and uh and she's also the reason why actually the podcast exists or she's definitely part of it big part of it because uh what we're going to be talking about today is was actually the the manifesto for hospitality mavericks and why Hospitality Mary actually was born, because uh, I was not the, the only brand ch- brainchild to this. There was a number of people involved. And Nicole, she was instrumental to these kind of thing, keeping me accountable, I would say, in, in things I was doing. So it gave me great pleasure to uh, welcome Nicole from Banana Pepper HR. And uh, the, the most amazing thing is in this world we live in, you're, you're not based in the UK, but you're sitting out in Antigua where you are solving big people challenges and hospitality challenges right now. So welcome to the show, Nicole.
1: Thank you, Michael. That is such a great intro and so many nuggets for us to jump off um, in our conversation that's coming later. So hello, everyone. Um, hello, hospitality mavericks out there. I am so looking forward to us diving into what will be a very meaty conversation and um, a little bit of our shared history in hospitality mavericking. So. It's great to chat to you.
0: Yeah, Nicole. Uh, I think I already allured, and you allured So, so we 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 known each other for I can't remember how many years now. I think it's five, five, six years. I can't I can't really put a day a precise date. I think it was 2015, if I don't remember wrong. And it was a random reach out from one of us. I can't remember where we connected on LinkedIn just looking at your profile and what you was doing, I thought there's something about her I need to call. And then we had a call and you called me as I was, I think I was walking through the the streets of London. I was trying to get from one place to the other. I was a bit late. So I thought it was a bit rude actually. The first time I talked with her, I'm actually not sitting in my, my desk, but we had an amazing conversation because it took me half an hour that walk. And uh, we spent way more than half an hour. It was like a connection at first part and we found out we both were you know born in the same star sign with the, the aquarius and uh and we believed in many of the same things and uh and from there on just we have developed you know this relationship over you know video we met a couple of times when you've been been in london and we still have the the visit to the uh, to the caribbean in the jar to do you know we still have to pull that out at some point coming out there but again you know there was there was a little pandemic that, that actually put a block off of that because that was actually planned about doing it this year for for us and my family so yeah so again it, but now it's not all about me talking about so nicole for people that don't know who you are i would call you many things uh uh, hr rule breaker creative hr employer brand you're an expert in luxury boutique hotels especially in the Caribbean. but you have a huge background for people out there that haven't met you before can you give them the the quick elevator journey of um, of your journey and uh, how it looks in today's world
1: oh my goodness okay Elevator pitch in a nutshell. I guess the, the journey into kind of the unusual path, the windy path to what I'm doing now. And so after finishing, I guess the quick one is after finishing university, I uh, studied German and international studies at Warwick in the UK. Um, and there came the pressure, you know, your family kind of, you need to get a sensible job. And at the time, it was all about, you know, you get into banking or you get into a management accounting firm or you know, or so forth. And um, I I guess that I felt the the pressure then. And I, uh, at the time, there's, you know, graduate trainee schemes. And I joined a bank on a graduate trainee scheme. It was, you know, Santander, Abbey National back in the day. And I knew straight away that absolutely I have no business being in banking. But it it started a a journey of of kind of learning of um, about people and about how an operation kind of runs or doesn't run. And um, an opportunity came up, I went through the ranks as a financial advisor. And, uh, you know, and ultimately, to the point of being a branch manager. And uh, one of those stories where my area sales manager came to me and said, I've got good news and bad news. And I was like, uh, and he said, you know, you are my best. And you're also my worst. I'm like, okay, fantastic. And the best being that, you know, your branch, you know, anywhere that you go, it's, The team is engaged, connected. The audit is is prepped and ready. But you're killing me in the sales Um, because I believed if you came in for a mortgage, you should leave with a mortgage. And of course, in those days, you should leave with many things. In addition to a mortgage, you should leave with a bank account, a pension, a a savings plan. So um, I didn't fit the mold. And um, but he was gracious enough to say, but there's an opportunity. And it was one of those a secondment in head office in graduate recruitment. Cut a long story short, I arrived on that secondment and I just knew, you know, when you're just like, oh, ah, the heavens opened, the angels started singing and I knew I had found what will be the start of my path into um, into human resources. So, again, I did not go the, the regular route. I became a recruitment specialist first um, before becoming a generalist and learned so much in high volume recruitment. Um, as a graduate recruitment specialist um, for a, at the time, top four retail bank. Again, time to make moves. And instead of sticking in that route, uh, uh, at the time, employer branding and employee communication started to become a thing um, of, of, of interest. And I took an opportunity to join a recruitment marketing firm in the city and um, it was at the point where, as I said, employer branding and knowing that employees have a voice and how to go out to market to attract top talent using marketing principles just spoke to me. So I joined a firm, um, a company there at the time, Barkers. And again, that was another um, moment of of wow. And as you can see, these were breadcrumbs along the way for an unusual path. And um, I moved back to the Caribbean. And straight into hospitality, that is our principal business and industry here in the Caribbean. My home island is Antigua, um, but I work up and down the region. And again, uh, once again, it's the follow the breadcrumbs, follow the unexpected opportunities. And um, I fell into uh, hotels, hospitality, but then in that, a niche of hotel openings, and for um, those of us all, of, you know, and most of your listeners, Michael, the, the hospitality industry, that is our startup. You know, whether it's a restaurant, whether it's a, a hotel, those openings are our equivalent of entrepreneurial startup uh, craziness and opportunities. And so I kind of spe- ended up specializing by opening as lead HR, as HR director, either as an in-house director or subsequently as I set up my own consulting business. Um, you know, helping openings, doing openings, um, and uh, for brands, uh, as well as our kind of independent boutique hotels. So that led to, um, I did set up my own firm, Aquarius, and, and over time, and we'll get into many conversations, I knew to be able to, whilst working for one company, but what we do, and how we can help as many people it is by going independent that I can, you know, maybe help others with a more creative, people centric, um, putting the human back in HR approach with a creative approach, um, stealing from marketing the ideas of, of branding and how we speak and how we engage to um, help leaders grow a business, but not by just saying it and sound bites, but truly with people at the heart of what they do. And hence now Banana Pepper HR. And hence speaking to people like you, Michael, and connecting.
0: You've been on an incredible um, journey, you know, going from, you know, one sector to the other. What is the difference between, you know, because, well, first question, like being in banking and then going into hospitality in my world, I've never worked in banking, but I can imagine it's so two different environments as well. What did you learn in that change?
1: Well, I think for in terms of banking, I think I'm, I'm more focused on, yes, banking, it was obviously about kind of regulation, about, um, uh, you know, policy procedures um, and, you know, being beholden to your industry, but also to your, um, an ombudsman. So the importance of regulation and, and, and standards and also of, um, of self-checking and via audits. The other flip side, though, um, so this was retail banking that I was in. So it's very much a sales. And from that, whilst I was a terrible salesperson in terms of um, banking um, policies and racking up, um, you know, selling tons of mortgages and, and, and unit trusts and, and, and pensions. But what I did learn from that was about the sales process, about, you know, when you are trying to get someone or to engage someone to purchase something, It's about tapping into their their needs, their wants, their pain, and what they hope to achieve and how you can use and uh, tailor your, you know, and and, and sell your products and services to help people to achieve their goals. So the principles from that is kind of what I put in my, and it wasn't as, and now I'm speaking, it sounds like it was so deliberate. No, 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 it wasn't. It's now with the, the benefit of hindsight in 2020, when you look back and see the things that you learned. But I absolutely learned out of that that um, it's more highly regulated now, but it's a case of being true. If somebody wants something, I only give them give them what they need and not necessarily what I, you know, and it just so it it informed a skill set of learning of sales. And you should carry forward. But it also informed a set of values that you continue to to uh, enforce and carry with you. So. and so I fell into, you know, from banking and kind of, you know, IT at the time when I was working for the recruitment marketing company. Because um, so that was the, you know, dot com. It was the the first kind of boom. But from that is kind of the hospitality, and it is an industry like no other. Um, you know, where we speak about it is still, you know, absolutely despite the technology, despite the platforms, despite everything else, it is absolutely. Geared to people. We may have denied it, we may have not have honored it as much, we may have honored maybe customers and guests above maybe employees, but it is the one where if you are truly about growing a business through people, you cannot learn anywhere better than in hospitality.
0: Coming from some different sectors, you also, you know, you work for some incredible brands um, on that journey. Um, and, uh, and just to, to mention uh, a few. A few of them, you know, Rosewood, Virgin Limited, uh, and uh, Campbell Gray, you know, that uh, and, and a number of independent as well. So you've already, you know, also been quite diverse within the, the hospitality area and have a huge experience for that. And I think you're spot on with that thing. It's it is it is the people business, and maybe we have, uh, as I say, forgotten to put people first for some decades because that's actually what hospitality is about. But yeah. Having that background and being in the middle of a hospitality people operation, uh, as we entered to into this pandemic, and uh, what happened for you and and uh, you know, uh, since since we met, you've been through so much out there. It's not only the pandemic, but you've been through a couple of hurricanes as well.
1: Yeah, um, I, I tell you, I, I'm 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 laughing because, as you said, it's just uh, it has been. Uh, an incredible kind of a, a set of uh, events to this point. And of course, we will speak more about it, the kind of the, the pandemic effect. As you said, as how has this affected when we first, as you talked about hospitality mavericks, when this idea started bubbling between us, um, we were speaking at, at at the time when, you know, Antigua, the Caribbean, which is two, um, 2017, was hit by... Um, two massive hurricane Irma and Maria, massive Category Five hurricanes. A huge new kind of kind of crisis, kind of uh, uh, um, ph- phenomenal change type of response to, in terms of HR and in terms of business was starting to become more of a of a thing. Um, and then fast forward to this pandemic, what did it mean? My gosh, Michael. On like so many of us and your listeners too, and our community. Um, it, it's hit us um, on 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 every level um possible in terms of personally professionally business um, in terms of uh, our our thinking of, of how we run our lives and and and, and so forth so uh, for me i had started a process of rebranding um my own business it was aquarius human resources consulting and with the previous year and ready primed banana pepper hr absolutely focused on the niche of Luxury Hospitality and 2020 on the books, particularly in the Caribbean, there were a set of luxury hotel openings was going to be, uh, it just looked like it was going to be a bumper year. So I was primed to leave my current assignment, which is uh, I went in after category after Hurricane Irma, which was uh, going into Necker Island, Richard Branson's Necker Island to help uh, reopen Necker Island after the devastation of Hurricane Irma. Um, create a fit-for-purpose business HR function and then help to launch a private estate um, uh, called Mosquito Island as well. So I was ready. It's new openings. Oh my goodness. And then the pandemic hit. And I tell you, I don't think my head and all of our heads have not stopped spinning since for us in the Caribbean, really, it kind of truly hit us. It was hitting us from February of this year and really slammed us um, from March. And so my business plan, it was lovely on, on Google Docs. Um, basically, I've just uh, ripped that up. <laughs> and now, um, you know, ceremoniously over a, 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 a scotch and coconut water and thinking, hmm, we need to rethink this now. And uh, what can I salvage from the plan? Uh, what can I use to use, as, use your phrase that you often use, a reset or pivot from openings? And how can I transfer that into something else that can help the hospitality community here, help my business and to serve more? So it has, you know, borders have closed here um, across islands. And personally, we have, yeah, you know, from employees being dispersed and having, you know, and unable to get back from holidays, my own um, family on other islands, unable to get what you can see another island, like a 20 minute plane ride, and you literally cannot get so and, you know, and health. So the, we all have our kind of Corona stories. But for me. Um, that 2020 plan is being rewritten on the fly right now.
0: One of the things we often talk about is uh, you know, leadership behaviors, traits. Uh, what do you think is needed to, to bounce back? And also in, in, within that, not only keeping businesses alive, but actually also keeping you know, humanity at the forefront, because I think that's one of the things we talked about before, the importance about care.
1: Absolutely. I, and I've, I've been thinking about this a lot. And also observing, trying to be a lot more present and observing. We don't only have to, you know, look at our social media feed and, or look at the, 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 on the TV right now, on our our leaders, our political leaders, or our leaders in our community. And, you know, you don't need to go to school to study it. It's that the lessons are being played out right in, in, in front of us and probably in your own companies um as, And organisations as well. Whether you are the leader or you whether you are the an, a core employee, you mentioned a key word of, of care, and I want to kind of step back a little bit. I think the first thing it's yes traits, but I, I it's two things. I think it's that connection between your um your intent. I think first off, a leader you need to decide what kind of leader that you you want to be, and and I think. Also, we all say you know leader and we uh, automatically attribute a, a kind of a positive to to leadership, not necessarily. you could you know between mother Teresa and, and Adolf Hitler, a leader is still a leader. Uh, how they behave right and and the impact on on on, on their um, th- th- those that that follow them is is the, is the issue so I want us to to first it's um that connection between. Your values and your action must be in absolute alignment. It's now become a case of um, for individuals to, if you do not know, these are, oh gosh, another cliche, unprecedented times. And I think you are forgiven by your community if you are genuinely do not know um, and you are looking to find the way. I think it's... Uh, Uh, it's very hard to come back from an ethics fail that if you are proven to be not true to your values, it is very hard to come back from that. Um, So it's that alignment between your values that you state or your company states or represents and your action. And you mentioned about care. And I wanted to focus on it's time for what we have tiptoed around, but it's about those super skills. It's those values and behaviors that cannot be until, you know, artificial intelligence or the robots can replicate that. And at the moment, they can't. It's what makes us absolutely human. It's our humanity. And that is the empathy and then kindness, those little acts of kindness and more now than ever as a leader to be showing that your own empathy to your kind of yourself and others and those acts of kindness, it's critical to show that you care you know having great kind of maybe insurance policies and so forth that's just the kind of the the mechanics but you physically stepping out from you know behind the spreadsheet the 50th uh, version of your of your modeling of how to how to navigate the business and being present amongst your 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 um your employees now i know with social distancing and physical distancing it may not be possible to, to kind of physically do that, but the wonders of social media, the wonders of kind of our, the digital platforms that we have is to use that for more human connection. So use videos, you know, it's those actions that actually demonstrate that you are checking in and tapping in to um, your employees and their cares and concern. These are things that going forward must inform how you talk about your vision. And again, we don't know where this pandemic is going to take us. And if we're true and honest, this is a great moment to be honest about what wasn't working before. And also, this is an opportunity to look forward to how we can lead ourselves and our business forward. So at paint a clear vision. And we've, to- we've spoken about this. You've read about it, and we know this. But paint a clear vision of the future, but I leave it open to bring your employees alongside to help right what that future would be, the path to get there. And that's where the kind of the opportunities and the risks and the fear is in that kind of path to to, to, to get to that. And um, it's that people want a leader that is follow worthy. So for me, are you follow worthy is the question that you should answer and you should answer yourself and you should ask the people that you are have the honor and privilege to lead.
0: It's not like we don't. We have to agree on this. We're very aligned on this in a way. There's not so much. What is it? I totally agree with. What is very interesting. What this situation has shown is like there's almost. It's almost never been more black and white. So either you, in my world, you had the intent and did care during the last six months and will continue doing that, or you're in the other camp where you actually maybe. Yeah, yeah, you the, the truth of how you operate would actually be exposed because uh, the pandemic just rips everything open. And this is maybe the time, as you say, that or it should be the time. It should always be, even pre-pandemic or post-pandemic or no pandemic. You should involve your people in creating this plan forward because that's the best way to inspire them. Of course, you need to create the picture of somewhere to go. You need to help to create that banner. But they even can be part of creating the vision, it's not only the plan I'm talking about, because actually that's where the best things are born out of is communities. And I think it's that, you know, having that intent and, you know, and, and nobody's perfect in this as well, uh, even the, the, the leader with the right intent and the care has made mistake during this pandemic because it's just been such an g- extreme environment. But again, I just, I just think they are a bit further ahead of the curve when it comes to a better outcome. And it doesn't mean that everybody that has done all the right things where you talk about intent to care and leadership will win because the pandemic is, is merciless, you know. It's about how you, how you recover from that, those things, that you don't lose faith in doing the right things and care and, and, and the humanity, as you said, yeah.
1: This is a time of, um, and we all talk and we, 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 we casually throw it around, we want more creativity in our organization. We want more, we need innovation to, to, to get us through this. And, and I think, you know, whether it's, you know, we can talk about, you know, movements such as um, diversity and inclusion of Black Lives Matter and so forth. And we can talk about issues of how do we get more creativity in our organizations. Now, I think this is this for the brave, for the courageous. This is where you look to gather people around you, whether it's through your hiring, whether it's through your promotion whether it's you clearing the obstacles in the path within your organization, of high, of bringing people who are like valued and connect with the purpose that you have clearly stated and have shared the values, but they do not think like you. Um, they may not even look like you. And it's about the only way that for these this incredible time that we're in, that if you're wanting to get solutions or ideas of ways forward, as you are saying, Michael, it's going to take a thinking that perhaps doesn't come from you because you're using the playbook that you've had and you may have used. So it's gathering different sources who will look at um, an issue or a situation or a problem or a challenge with a different lens, a different perspective, and therein may lie the a solution that you couldn't think of by having your traditional, your conventional structure Groupings or hierarchy around you. So uh, uh, often we kind of, oh my gosh, we need a policy for that. And and first off, and, and this is where the HR rule breaker and me, I'm like mm, policies. No, it's another way of hiding. I think first off, it is before the policy. Not there's a difference between follow the law, absolutely. But about policy, we we run to policy, a, a policy of oh we if we have a diversity or inclusion. No, if you're wanting creativity and innovation, it is look at create of, of attracting different thinking different um uh, feeling people around you and that is your superpower that is your maybe your secret source in getting through this and coming up with creative solutions and and ideas that you haven't thought of before
0: the interesting thing here nicole is that i actually had a conversation a couple of weeks ago on a, a webinar where we talked about the the future of leadership because there was this perception that we needed a different style of leadership. And then I said, well, in principle, there's nothing wrong with the leadership we already have established because the, 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 the the role of a leader is to set the direction and purpose of the business, get the right people on the bus, the wrong people off the bus, build the culture. These people want to be part of together with them. And then in a way, get out of the way. That's the, the the rules for a leader or a CEO in any business. But there's, it's important that the intent to care has not... That, that thing has become so important. And it's actually something everybody has to double up, up on or down on, even though how much they practice it, because that's the muscle, you know, care for your people, people in your communities, the planet. We need to solve bigger problems than just running our businesses. And that intent and that care has to be built in in, in any business uh, if you want to have a pandemic pandemic proof business or a business that really matters in in, in the new in the new paradigm that's that, like, how i see it what what is your view on that
1: i agree um with that and I, I want to add another piece to that because as human beings naturally when we think of care we um kind of default to it's um a, a kind of a softness um and uh, a sense of uh you know, kindness as a kind of a, of, a, of a weakness. Caring is the soft side, but caring also means making those hard and tough decisions. Um, and 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 we're at when you and I have spoken before, we're at that very, uh, a very another tough crossroads of um, you know the, the the second wave, and not necessarily in terms of spikes of, of cases in your in your country or or in your community. But in terms of where we are right now, in terms of moving through a kind of living with a pandemic that could be with us for goodness goodness knows how long. And this is where you have to make those tough decisions. And it may mean that you have to make individuals um, go beyond furlough and layoff and make people redundant. It may mean that you have to completely cut back on your business, change the model completely um, from one type of service and, and, and guest experience or customer experience offering to something else, and there will be casualties. Um, and as much as you care, and also conscious of people's um, personal situation and personal circumstances, you know you have to make those right decisions. So for leaders right now, which is really hard, and you see some leaders who are stumbling, that they're mistaking the care, the empathy, the kindness. Um, For being soft and not making those rigorous decisions. So, there is a mistake of wanting to be liked as opposed to where you should be. That's nice, but it's more about wanting to be and should be respected as a follow worthy leader. That people trust that you will take them through these very tough times, that you're going to make the right decisions, um, even the tough decisions, but to get through to the other side. Um, So, it's as you said. It's that muscle, um, and I, I love that analogy. It's muscle, and when you build a muscle, Lord knows I've wasted enough money in gym memberships to know that <laughs> you build a muscle. It is painful, you know, as you build up that muscle. <laughs>
0: uh, well, I call it the marginal gain thing. It's that uh, if you try to put as much care in everything you do, a little bit all the time, and you will not succeed with everything. And 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 I, again, I got a bit of a and I really respected that you know there was a guy on the the, the panel that pushed it back and said but michael um if you care about everything you will destroy yourself i said that's actually a really good point i said but again you need to know to yourself how much you can care before it starts to hurt you because then maybe it's also your time to say i need to inject from this situation that's also leadership saying i can't solve this anymore i'm not able to follow through on this it's not standing guard like uh, uh, you're having, you know, you're driving a, an army across the enemy because we've gone with those analogies that we are in a war. We need to come together more than ever. We need to unionize as humanity, as countries, as, uh, uh, as uh, com- there's no competitors in the new world. We're all in the same boat. We need to fix this together because um, so, then you need to ask for help if you're in that situation. And I think, again, uh, being caring is also being caring for yourself and understand your own limits. Because that's some of the best leaders I've met on my journey as well.
1: Self-care and vulnerability are, you know, in your leadership kit bag um, are equally important as, you know, the the traditional kind of ideas we have of leaders of clear vision and, and creativity and innovation that piece of, again, self-care vulnerability for yourself and being able to, uh, you know, and knowing your bandwidth, knowing when to ask for help and knowing where to get help from um, is important, you know, for you. Because, again, to use that phrase that has been, it's been, I'm feeling that more and seeing it more follow-worthy because it gives others your, you know, your in, that you are leading, it gives them the signal. That they can do that as well, and it's okay, and you will avoid things that can impact your organization um, and your, your employees, even the stars, even your core team, at burnout, which is uh, you know, from mental to mental health, from, from, a, from a business perspective, it's just carnage. So if you're thinking about how you're going to survive yourself and your business, make sure that um, kind of self-care. Uh, a space for vulnerability, a space for trying new things, failing, unlearn, um, and learning new things um, is and, and, and is 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 part of your journey, part of your story that you're taking forward for a thriving business.
0: It leads very well into the. Um the really reason why Hospitality maverick exists and why we are having this podcast conversation today because as you said before we went live here uh three years ago we uh we co-wrote an article about uh the mavericks in the world that was shaking up the hospitality industry as as part of we both prepared for this conversation we were reading this uh article and i think it's 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 a it goes both ways to say that we were a bit like, wow, okay, yeah, actually lots of these things that actually is coming true. And the pandemic is really, you know, uh, really, you know, fast tracking these things um, uh, around, you know, the the Mavericks have become very easy to see. They they, they stand out. They feed the hospital people. They uh, do everything they can to keep their staff alive. They feed uh, their staff. Even they go the extra mile, for the community, that even though you look at them and think about you that you can't have any more to give, you know, you're on your knees as a business and so on. But you st- keep on being part of this, you know, ways of uh, being a maverick. You you start, you're part of this revolution of a different industry. And um, I thought we should spend a bit of time talking about this article and, and also hear a bit about your perspective of what you're seeing as well compared to some of the things we found. As we were studying mavericks because this was what we were observing at that point what mavericks were doing
1: yes um i I mean we we've got to dive we've got to dive into that um there's definitely a goosebumps um kind of moment looking at this article I, i think we we covered many of the key things and and i hope you know and we've kind of evolved be you know in terms of what we were doing at that time to share the article for those that are interested in in your show notes but you know we we talked about kind of you know digital kind of revolution hitting we talked about the kind of just the, the the pace of innovation we talked about guest and customer tastes and preferences where you know before we'd focus all about standards and 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 sequence of service and and um a kind of a standardized a, a, approach to delivering service well the, absolutely the shift was moving towards an experience where you know, the expectation is service is just it's just a regular thing, whether it's whether you're a two star or, or, or luxury, whether you're a bistro or a full service kind of high end restaurant. It is now about how you create that experience. And and that meant that it's not what your marketing is doing. It's what your people, your employees are doing. And then also we I, we, we touched on the expectation of employees. Um you know, as part of that, um, working in the hospitality industry, working, looking at it as a genuine career and a, and a, and a lifestyle um, for those individuals who want to host and, and want to kind of create another way of creating this amazing experience um, in an industry which you touch everything. Um, you know, if you want to learn any discipline, um, business discipline and yes i 'm a bit biased, um but hospitality you will hit from h r to marketing to to managing finance to 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 customer experience you you hit everything in hospitality, so change was 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 coming through one thing we well two that we didn't um hit on Michael, which is uh you know we touched every other kind of perfect storms that were on the way, but we didn't mention hurricanes which quite, you know, which was for me at the time, we were just off, as I mentioned earlier. Two category five hurricanes had had hit the, the Caribbean, which has had already kind of forced a, a rethink, starting the process of a rethinking of how we bounce back or bounce forward from disaster. And then of course also um we never saw pandemic coming. So uh, I, I think it's what has happened is just amplified um the good or the obsolete well the obsolete and not so good as well as the good things that were happening that perhaps were not gaining the traction because the old guard or the comfort of doing what you've always done was still you know hanging on and clinging on for dear life
0: yeah and i think what was what i was reflecting on was really reading as well i totally agree we we didn't see those things and the you know, I don't know, I was thinking today, uh, especially with my own focus on think, why didn't we discuss climate change? But, but again, uh, and also there's another, you know, there's a catastrophe before uh, climate change. I'm you know, probably even more scared about than climate change because we can't deal with climate change if we don't tackle this one. And that's you know the mental health you know of our ourselves or the people around us. This you know uh, it's not just saying you need to become more resilient the next couple of months. Exactly, how do we actually make sure that you know your me- mental health, your mental health, and others are, are balanced again? Coming back to care, you know. Um, and it's one of my, uh, you know, big concerns that not only from an industry point of view, but also from a, you know, humanity point of view, how are we going to deal with that, you know, as we are locked and we can't, you know, move around, it doesn't feel like we're in power, we're in control. How do we, you know, make sure that the mental health of, uh, you know, people comes out on the other side? Because, you know, we can't build that new future without, you know, healthy minds and bodies.
1: Yeah, Correct um right now um on that kind of topic um and i'm sure for those businesses that are still hanging in there or are also there's some that are doing very well right now um because they have adapted but going forward um where perhaps employee wellness health and safety i mean i think in hospitality we kind of we you know that health and safety Food safety and hygiene was a thing. It was it was absolutely mandatory, whether, you know, was part of um, the way you built, um, you know, your operation. If you didn't have those proper food safety and hygiene and health and safety sta- um, standards in place, you know, you fail an inspection or you have a disaster in your business and your business could literally be shut down. So uh, that understanding of health and safety was there, which I think in terms of hospitality kind of businesses and, pro- and professionals, the, that muscle in terms of responding to covid in right we need to amp up our health and safety policies procedures and standards but as it relates to you know hand washing the distancing in the, in, in maybe in your in your restaurant or in your bistro or in your um you know uh, uh, the kind of how we sanitize in terms of the, the you know the hotel's housekeeping um how you kind of strip down and turn a room so i think that kind of thinking has been extrapolated into Yes, we get health and safety and hygiene and standards. The piece, though, as is the psychological safety and marketing. Now, you know, you know, uh, you know, our colleagues in marketing, you know, for those businesses, particularly in the Caribbean, as the borders reopen because our borders were shut down like so many countries in the world, as some borders in the islands reopen, and and in the Caribbean, tourism and hospitality is our bread and butter. But with that. A lot of in our industry are scrabbling to meet the guests and the travelers expectations for safety, space um, and uh, a kind of a well-being. We will buckle on our knees in this industry if we do not align our product and our kind of guest facing brand promises with our employer, employee experience promises as well because the same requests that the guests and travelers are saying, I'm looking to travel, I want to travel again, but I need to feel safe. I need to have clear a clear roadmap to get to you if it means I have to have the various COVID testings and the quarantine and whatever else. The same thing as we reopen our businesses, whether in the Caribbean or in the UK or in 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 um, anywhere in Europe or anywhere in the world, that clear roadmap to welcome back our employees is has to be clear and it has to address that physical safety in the workspace. And then also the psychological safety as well. It's no longer a perk. You know, mental health, it's just a campaign You do it for one day. No, it, it actually has to be part of your strategy for individuals to feel safe. So one of the things kind of, you know, as a practical example, working with, um, I am still working with uh, kind of Necker and Mosquito, one of the key things Working with the people team, there is, you know, there's, we're all familiar with uh, um, orientation on boarding for newbies. Right now, our focus there is, is about a reboarding for exit, for those, and I'm taking a deep breath for individuals The kind of sounds terrible, like her remainers who, who have still in employment in whatever shape, maybe they've been furloughed, maybe they've had reduced hours. Um, they have seen colleagues maybe made redundant or, or so forth, but we need to, we're about to maybe, if you're about to reopen your doors, a reboarding for them, which if you have changed as a leader, you have changed, if your business has had to st- change, the strategy and the focus has has had to change, you have to gather people around that new purpose, you have to fulfill the promises of here's how we are making you safe. Yes, we are doing for the guests but this is also what we're doing for you. It's mar- mirroring and marrying and aligning your, um, your product and your guest brand with your employer brand and your employee experience and making sure that that, that path is, is, is clear. And when it goes wrong, it's not an if, when people are struggling and stumbling, you have not just your normal health insurance, but you actually have a program and an approach of where can I go to for help? And it's not necessarily for um, you know, and for employees, you know, this is where we all have to grow up a little. Um, for anyone who's offended hearing that, I do apologize, but not. But it's about self, like self-directed learning. Stop. Do not wait for the employer to give you this. I think we as the employer we give the framework of where you can help yourself, but where at the point it becomes difficult or you've run out of options this is then what we do for you this is the systems that we have in place so it's moving into a different direction and an emphasis and amplifying this particular aspect as part of your business strategy and growth and change
0: that's again is a great example of you know what we talked about before you know care careful people the best you know the best you can do in that situation to Create a safe environment. I think the word "safe" you said was quite, you know, key here because we all want to feel safe in this. We we all everything in our wheel of life. If we should take a bit of an LLP, you know, everybody, most people know the wheel of life. You have your 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 relationship, you have your finances, your career in there, and uh, all the seven parts of uh, of your life. And all that has just been thrown, you know, it's just been broken to pieces. And nobody feels safe when you can't control these areas. You will maybe have hours where you feel very brave. And I definitely, how I feel, some some days I just feel like, yes, bring it on. And other days I just think, I just can't take it anymore. I don't know where I'm going to find the energy to do this. And, and then the interesting thing when we looked at these Mavericks, as we talked talk about, uh, called them, uh, when we, we did this, we wrote the manifesto for what I call the manifesto for hostility Mavericks, is that exactly you, if you've seen them during the pandemic, uh, and I actually went back and looked at the, some of these people we've looked at, like Sweet Green in the US. I've been back looking at, they're doing all these things. They're socially minded. They go out and do things for the community. They, they still want to make an impact that's beyond the pandemic. They think beyond the pandemic. We still need to be here after the pandemic. So therefore we need to think about what we do now. We reflect when we do that. They are purpose-driven. They go back to their purpose. They reinstate their purpose and their values. Uh, They don't talk about how they make money and save the business. Talk about how can we actually leverage our purpose to survive in this situation. And then, you know, they're very disciplined. You know, again, they're very, as an organization, they don't understand. We talked about scale at that point, but they're very disciplined to get that balance right between keeping as many people as possible, but also, you know, the reality of that you have to make maybe somebody redundant to get the, the philosophy on the other side, I wouldn't call it the company. It's almost the philosophy, the the idea needs to survive to p- build a better world after this. So yeah, I just think it's so interesting. Many of the traits we saw, I many think we see them in live in this situation, and and it works. And I think that uh, if you read the article, I, I will let people do that. You will see those examples of other companies besides Sweet Green. That's a great uh, great example of this, and and they will. I hope, and they will probably. Survive on the other side. Uh, we we mentioned Danny Meyer as well in in that conversation. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. You go ahead and talk about Danny Meyer.
1: Well, well, no, no, no. This I know absolutely. It's one of your. Um, we share the kind of the um, uh, just an admiration for um, how it, even before all of this, he set up his, his company. And again, truly, it's easy saying it, but when you hear, you know, p- putting people. Um, at the center his you know employees at the employees and the community in which um, every one of his businesses are set up at the center of what he does and i for me one of the um from from Danny meyer it's uh again maverick at the time of of an unheard of in the hospitality industry it was doing away with service charge you know as an i mean if you want kind of high emotion um that has People kind of really coming out, even the most placid individual is, you know, is touched service charge, whether it's in a hotel or in a restaurant. And the the thinking behind that, which I was like, when I'm doing the kind of blow mind thing is, hang on a second, the service is what we're here for. You know, that is we're not paying anyone extra for service because, you know, it then creates divisions between front of house and back of house. I I hate using back of house. I would say heart of house you know, and if you want to create a cohesive team that is absolutely geared towards delivering as a team, an amazing, incredible customer and guest experience, service charge in the way that it was set up is something that is, a, is, is divisive. And, and I, I remember reading that and I was like, wow, um, and, and focusing on paying base salary, paying better. So people aren't focused on how can I impress, forget my colleagues, forget my team, how can I get in front of the customer to, so I can get that extra kind of service charge or that extra tip. It just completely changes the mindset by removing that element. Some folks will agree with it and others will absolutely um, hate it, but that's what being a brick is all about. Um, and that has me thinking going forward, you know, that an element of that, That was pre. Is this something we should be looking at wider and saying perhaps, you know, like a Danny Meyer on the service charge, but maybe like a John Lewis, take a steal from another discipline, steal from another industry, like John Lewis in the UK, where, you know, all the employees are owners of the business, you know? And is that something that we should be looking at? So take away the service charge. You are, as an employee, you have franchise, you are invested in the business being a success, not just drawing a salary and you have a share. So these this time is making me think of, oh my goodness, these different things that we could do to reinvigorate and take um, you know, our beloved hospitality industry forward. And two others that I've kind of kept an eye on of hoteliers that doing this kind of stuff, they weren't in our original article, but as I'm kind of watching now, Pig Hotels, Robin Hudson, just what they're doing in terms of sustainability, as you use the word feeding the wider community uh, and, and, you know, from the excess of their kitchen gardens um, and apprenticeship um, programs. But the intent behind it, it's like, wow. But still keeping, it's not cookie cutter. Each of those hotels has its own identity and, and, and feel. But the commonality, as you said, Michael, is about that kind of core purpose and values. Um, so these are, you know, I'm, I'm watching more and scribbling notes and, 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 and stealing ideas to, to add to how we can move things forward.
0: Yeah, and there's no doubt about it. you can always add to that uh, article, but as, again, to, to wrap it up in a way, again, I think that the closest I come to it, they care for people, community and the planet. they deeply down they do that. And I can remember the first thing Danny Meyer said, and this is a great way to, to finish this part of the conversation. He said, how do you put people first when you have to put them out of their job? That was his question he asked himself and his board when they had to make difficult decision that's a very different intent than i need to save the business and we need to cut costs that's a very different question to ask and a much more complicated question to ask and solve <laughs> that's in a way for me just say how do how do we actually come out of this caring both for our people our community uh, and 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 something that's bigger than us you know it's not just about uh, union hospitality square it's much bigger than that Talking about the Mavericks, how do you see the world looks in the near future when you come to hospitality, let's say the next 12 to to 18 months? I know you said before, we don't know what's coming, but what is your educated guess if you're allowed to be the the futurist here?
1: Oh my gosh, I'm so, you're so, um, doing that, this thing has just thrown us um, for a loop. Uh, I see, and I'll speak for the area that I kind of specialize in, which is kind of, um, the hotel side more and kind of with the Caribbean in terms of what guests and the travelers are asking for. And again, this is the trend had started pre-COVID, all about uh, as opposed to large multi-hundred room properties, there was already starting a move towards um, whether it's an Airbnb or whether it's low density properties, you know, from one end of Kind of collection of cottages to maybe super villas of 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 you know forty million plus dollars kind of uh, mega estates. Um, that kind of uh, I want to be hosted as opposed to served was already kind of starting. So I see more on you know whether it's a Airbnb, whether it's a small kind of guest house, but it's about creating. More of a a community feel as opposed to packed tightly, orchestrated, all inclusive. That feeling of bespoke, of an experience that I can be as hosted as much by the employees and by the team, or I'm given a framework in which maybe I don't have a chef all the time, but maybe it's, you know, um, a chef prepares or it's set up, and then I and my family or my guests, myself, create the experience ourselves, but within a framework. It's about understanding of more and more guests wanting to hear the stories of the individual employees. So the kind of um, uh, a more kind of clinical cold stands where employees are, you you could not or were not encouraged to bring your own personality um, and your kind of your own story, you know, into the mix of how you deliver that your share of the guest experience. No, uh, customers Yes, want to hear um, stories and exchange stories. So how to navigate that as, you know, with HR and as a leader and a manager, that somebody remains personable, human, but yet professional is something that, you know, the kind of the gray area and the blurred lines and to just to help individuals to, you know, straddle that, be you know, the professionalism, but not the coldness to share your stories, but not in an appropriate way that it could be seen to be kind of soliciting uh, um, additional tips or or whatever else. And it's about understanding and learning more genuinely about the community. My experience, what I'm paying, the dollars or the pounds or the euros that I'm spending, how is that going, not just to the hotel or the the restaurant, how is that impacting and also um, being used in the community? That feel good and feeling that I may not be out there kind of charting a course and, 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 and going in, you know, in the Amazon to, to, to save the rainforest, but by what I'm doing through my the experience and the, the dollars I'm spending and my interest is actually contributing to uplifting the immediate community or, as you said, a bigger challenge, whether it's climate change, whether it is about a, a wider problem of sustainability. So these are the things I'm seeing that... Um, Delivering regular service, it's a given. But this bigger picture of 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 of, of, uh, of ensuring that our uh, our employees are able to create that part of the guest experience as well freely.
0: That demands, uh, you know, again coming back to what we already talked about up to now, it really demands a different intent again from not only the the customer journey and the employee journey. It's different approach to run a business again to get that end result and this output. Because the complexity goes up as well, you need to put more power out to the front line again,
1: and therein lies the new frontier for for leaders in our in our beloved hospitality industry
0: so with that prediction, what kind of advice would you give because in the end of the program, Nicole, I always ask the the guests to give like their top three advice to leaders out there that is looking for ways the world we live in right now, it's bouncing back, but if you take what you are, what you're set up to now, the, the thing around caring, the, the, the intent, humanity, and then, you know, uh, you know the, and connecting that with where you see your part of the industry is going the next 12 to 18 months. What three advices would you give to leaders out there right now? Because we all can start from now and tomorrow to do the right things, even though we've done things wrong in the past, we all make mistakes, but it's, it's again, getting on the track. What is your top three advice for them? First off
1: it's for leaders. There is no bouncing back. There is no going back. And first some um, to use one of your guests um, who's been on your podcast, Dr. Vicky Barnes um, radical acceptance. Absolutely. And I think for their leaders to accept there is no going back. And also to not peddle that false reality to your employees. So, first off, is that radical acceptance that there is no going back. So, even we use the phrase bounce back. I think more it's a case of probably bounce forward, um, as you would say, reset and bounce forward. And with that, the next thing is relook at, um, you know, there are individuals who say, oh, we'll just look at last year's business plan or the last five years' business plan and tweak around the edges. No there is it's it's now to relook at that and um first off it is you know a, a very hard look and an honest look and i know this is very challenging for some leaders and executives because your own personal identity is so connected to uh, how you had positioned and gone out to market and gone out to your employees but it is to relook at your business purpose and to throw out what is not working and to salvage and to keep what is going forward and the last point is get out in front of your employees be visible and show up stop hiding behind the spreadsheets and the war room of coming up with different plans the answer and the the journey to carry it forward is about presenting a new the new framework and the new vision or the or reclarifying the purpose to your employees and all of them, from the, the steward and the, the landscaper to your pot wash, or right up to your HR, to your marketing, right up to the very top, burn down those ivory towers and it's going back out to them and inviting them on the journey. If you're serious about inclusion, if you're serious about creativity and solutions, it is about getting out in front of the employees. And inviting them to come up with some of the the solutions in different thinking. Um and that is it.
0: It's super uh, advice and it's a bit like timeless, I almost feel, because no matter what, I think when I had Vicky on, let's start with her, like the, the radical acceptance, you know, uh it's so important, no matter where you are in life, because often we put meaning to things that's not actually worth the time to put meaning to. You know, we spend so much time being frustrated about things we shouldn't be frustrated about, and we we destroy our own and others' lives with that in a way. So, I think I took a lot out of that conversation. Um, and yeah, if you haven't listened to that conversation, I would you know advise you to tune back to that. Uh, Vicky is a powerhouse of uh, inspiration. Um, and then you then you talk about this uh, shared banner as well. The importance of creating that together, I couldn't agree more. Is it, something that I believe, something I try to practice, something I've told uh, the people I'm working with and have worked with. This importance of having a shared banner, both for your employees and customers, to understand why what you're walking under, and it doesn't be have to be to save the world. It could be small things, you know just making a great workplace is a great banner to walk under. You know, uh, it could be anything, uh, but have a banner that's very clear that you have, it makes an impact that's bigger than yourself, as you say. Nicole, um, as always, it's been an absolutely uh, amazing conversation. And, um, we 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 can go on for hours. We could probably make a, <laughs> a, a a ten ten part conversation here, and I don't know I don't know if the listener is up for that. If they're up for that, they need to let us know, and then of course we'll we'll consider that. But uh, I know we're going to be doing more stuff as uh, we move into the future. But I'm very grateful that you took your time out. I know you are extremely busy still, uh, juggling things, being involved in a lot of stuff, and doing a lot of good out there. But I send you, in the meantime, all the power, energy and love you need to keep your, yourself and your family and your loved ones safe.
1: And Michael, right back at you and to the Hospitality Maverick listeners, the same power, love and resilience to for us to travel through together this very fascinating time that we are in. And Michael, until... The borders open fully and you can travel again. Uh, that cocktail on the balcony is uh, on the cards.
0: <laughs> yeah, it has to be a Zoom one. Uh, so <laughs> this yes, right now, but yeah, stay safe out there. Stay safe too. Bye-bye. Nicole, what a great conversation. Lots of insights and tools on how to build better employee experiences which boost the customer experience and is good for the bottom line. In the long term. If you want to get inspired more about how to build great employee experiences, please tune in to episode 8 The Power of a Brandful Workforce with Julia Gomez, author and co founder at Brandful Code. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please give us a like, share, rate, or subscribe to one of our channels. Tune in next time for another interview, and in the meantime, find out more about us and subscribe to the community and download free leadership tools. At hospitalitymavericks.com, There will be links in the show notes. Thanks for listening and be Maverick!